Spend more time in the outdoors and you'll find that everything in life gets better. Yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed this. is one of my funnest podcasts I've ever been part of. No more dreaming, no more wishing. Wave goodbye. I'm gone fishing. Welcome to the Canadian Fishing Podcast. Previously known as the Made for Memories Podcast. Where we explore the sport and business of fishing in Canada. And the memories made in the great outdoors. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Fishing Podcast. Woo! Yay! So enthusiastic. This is me being enthusiastic, yes. I'm pretty pleased that this is the, uh, what is this, uh, three episodes in a row that are going to be within that two-week goal? I think I was two weeks plus a day. And uh, this one will, could be under two weeks if we want it to be, depending on how enthusiastic I feel in the posting department. Right. But you're doing very well in your consistency so far. Well, thank How's you. How's my enthusiasm? You know, it's it's something. <laughs> it's not enthusiastic enough? I said it's something. Yeah. You know okay. what, Brad? It's I tell my seven-year-old this all the time. It's not about um, other people being proud, although I am proud. But it's about if you're proud of yourself. Oh, okay. And it's about working hard for you. Right. My concern about your enthusiasm, and I know that we might be, you know, talking about this a little too much because I think that we've talked about this the last few episodes but it's just like I want you to feel joy in your life I just want you to be happy I'm your sister and I love you and I just Uh, want I just want you to experience joy okay well I got a new water heater going in today that's kind of joyous so that my basement doesn't flood that's practical. I, feel, I wouldn't call that joyous. Yeah, no, it's not super joyous, but it's it's the joy that came top of mind right now. Hired a couple of people. Mm. That's pretty joyous. Mm-hmm. We're hiring right now. So we got we got two people starting on Monday. So that's that's joyous. Well, mm-hmm. I, I like giving I like giving jobs to to Canadian folk. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Anything so, else bringing you joy? As of late, uh, oh, we did uh, on a recent business trip. We did uh, have brunch. We talked about brunch last time too. Apparently, this is our new thing: is is brunch and enthusiasm. But we had brunch, and you said to me, "That guy behind you really looks like Michael Keaton." Yeah, no, not Michael Keaton. Sorry, Mike. What's that actor? I gotta look it up. Michael Caine, Jess Caine. Michael Caine and Michael Caine is that uh, English actor and we grew up with a love of Austin Powers well some of us did dad and you did you didn't like Austin Powers I just up with him for Halloween one time yeah I know Austin Powers was fine I'm just I didn't obsess about him quite as much as you and dad did well but one of literally the funniest quotes of all time from a movie is there are only two things I don't like in this world. 
people who are intolerant of other people's cultures. And the Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Caine. And I curled against uh, a guy last night who was like a smiling uh, Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory. Mm, just, we're having like, lots of doppelganger yeah. celebrity encounters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that bring you joy? Yeah, sure. Curling brings you joy. Yeah, I like curling. Yeah, yeah. I'm curling this season. Did I tell you that? No. We joined the Blind Men Brewing League, which is just six games, which is quite doable for a group of four moms who don't like yeah. actually doing things at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, but we're going to suck it up and we're going to go have a beer and we're going to have fun and we're going to curl and try not to fall down and injure ourselves you'll be fine you'll be fine no uh do we have any celebrities on today uh well i don't want to offend keaton by saying or keenan now i have michael keaton stuck in my head oh my goodness and it's not want... michael keaton it's michael kane no i know that okay just want to check but i originally thought it was michael keaton so now keaton's stuck in my head but keenan keenan is our guest today yeah and Keenan Vine is somebody that uh, we don't know very well, but we have met before. And uh, he's a fly guy. He's a fly guy. Yeah. And he's a heck of a nice guy, guy, too. Pardon he's me? a nice guy. He's a heck of a nice guy, too. Yeah, he's a nice guy. We like talking to nice people. Yep. Um, and he's a rodeo guy. And yep. uh, I don't know. We're just going to explore the world of fly fishing today, which is exciting. Well, you had a good time fly fishing this summer for the first time. You did. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we'll learn more about the reasons why fly fishing is so appealing to people. Well, let's uh let's tell everybody a little bit about Keenan and we'll get started. Sounds good. Today we welcome Keenan Vine. Keenan's full-time gig is producing large-scale events and rodeos such as the Canadian Vinyls Rodeo but his passion is fishing. In his spare time, he guides for the fly fishing Bow River Outfitters, exploring the Bow River and the Rocky Mountains. But Keenan is no fly snob. Some of his earliest memories are fishing with Grandpa and tossing Len Thompson red and whites and five of diamonds. Welcome to the podcast, Keenan. Oh, thanks for having me on. So um, we uh, need to talk fly fishing because we haven't talked fly fishing on this podcast yeah, I noticed that. I've, I mean, I've listened to a few of the podcasts, and obviously, given your guys's, uh, you know, form of occupation, it's probably makes a lot of sense to be geared around uh, fishing with regular tackle. But yeah, um, I do a little so, fly fishing as well. And, so part uh, of the rebrand of the of of the podcast is that we want to talk to a lot of different people in different aspects of the of the fishing community, such as fly fishing and whatnot, right? And it never was a podcast about Len Thompson Lure specific, but while we were getting started, we just talked to a lot of like our industry friends and things like that. So it just yeah. kind of naturally went more towards the the hard tackle in the boats. But you know, I think a lot of people don't have boats. No. So I think it's gonna be really fun to talk to you a little bit more about you know, scouting locations and, you know, what drew you to the fly in the first place. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, like I grew up fishing, obviously 
with my grandpa with my grandpa and my dad and my brother and uh southern alberta around medicine hat is mainly or if not all uh fishing in the the irrigation reservoirs or you know there's the south saskatchewan river and different bodies of water like that but not com not a common area for fly fishing or trout fishing other than some stocked lakes so we were pretty hardcore um fishermen by the time we were you know kind of old enough to go out on our own but it was a lot of um you know obviously gear tackle and and spin casting for pike and walleye and and i didn't really my grandpa gave me a fly rod when i was really young and didn't really have a lot of opportunities to to use it and then i moved to calgary like 12 years ago in the calgary area and i didn't realize that the calgary area is actually there's no real lakes for fishing within you know even an hour's drive of calgary so uh i was like okay so what's this fly fishing all about then might as well try that if i'm gonna you know live right near the bow river and then I, that's kind of how I got more into the fly fishing is just moving up to Calgary and obviously access to the Bow River, which is a world-class fishery, and then um, going out to the mountains. And and again, you can fish any of these bodies of water with whichever tackle you choose, but the, the fly fishing just seemed very appealing because of, I guess, you know, kind of for me, new new location, new challenge. And trying to kind of dive into something like that was was really interesting for myself just to to explore it. So you actually went to fly fishing school a couple summers ago? Yeah, two, not this summer, but last spring, um, I had the opportunity to go to uh, the fly fish, Canadian fly fishing um, guide school. And more so, I wanted to just go to to you know, be able to take my knowledge, uh, to the next level. And I always had a passion for teaching other people about fishing, whatever kind of fishing and the conservation side of fishing has always really been a big part of, you know, what, why I like to be involved in it. Um, so I saw that as a way to, to gain more knowledge on both of those things. And, uh, I guess the byproduct of that is is learning about being a professional fishing guide and then was able to, you know, out of the guiding school, uh, pick up a couple trips through Fly Fishing Board River Outfitters and, and Trout Farmer. And then this year, you know, got the opportunity to to guide for them again and and ended up doing, I think I did 15 guide trips this year for them. Um, you know, now I guess you could say I'm, I'm really in it. So I got the boat and I got big drift boat. Yeah, I have a drift boat. Yep. And, uh, you know, could take two clients in my drift boat and, uh, it, it's, it's just such a contrast to what I grew up doing and getting out there with the, the, you know, big 150 horsepower Johnson motor and then trolling or whichever on a lake and, yeah, you get in the boat and there's a lot of clients that haven't fished a bunch or fly fished, you know, they've done a lot of regular fishing and they're like looking, they're like, where's the motor on this thing? I'm like, well, we do not uh, need one, sir. <laughs> no. So <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, even that part of it's really cool because, um, you know, it's, it's very, 
I guess, peaceful in, in a way that people aren't even expecting when you get out there and there's nobody around and there's no sounds other than birds and eagles or whichever. And yeah, so, so it's kind of nice to just be out there and, and, uh, enjoy that side of, you know, nature, regardless of, of the fishing. Brad, that sounds like your pure outdoors experience that you were speaking about. Yeah, it's way better couple episodes ago way better than golf oh yeah yeah i mean i was i've i've said it a lot and you know just since uh, being you know fly fishing i always say probably the one thing about fly fishing that i have was drawn to most is that uh you know and, and dana lattery uh our outfitter for fly fishing Bull river he says like there's no um ugly places or bad places that you go to fly fish they're all beautiful and they're all serene and that is true and then to add to that i find that it truly is about as close to meditation as one can get without actually meditating because with fly fishing there's so much going on like you're you know you're managing your rod your your line your reel your fly you're looking here you're casting there you're fighting a fish you're doing whichever you have no which is the you know which is what meditation is you have no ability to think about anything else than fly fishing um and i've noticed that with my clients where all of a sudden they just take like a big deep breath and they're you know they're relaxed like and they don't even know why or what's going on but truly people don't shut off from the world anymore. So to see that happen or to be able to be part of somebody's experience where their cell phone's not, you know, doesn't have service and they don't have any other, uh, you know, responsibility than just to stare at the end of their line at a tiny little fly. I think it's, you know, it's pretty cool actually. Just being truly present. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there, it's surprising because if you go east of Calgary on the Bow River, uh, you don't have to get out of town very far before you don't have cell phone service. So um, it's actually, you know, yeah, you have no other choice than for about eight hours to just be concentrating on fishing or sitting there, you know, floating down the river, looking around. But that kind of drew me to that. And not that you can't do that again with regular spin casting tackle, um, but it's the whole approach to it, I guess, and just learning about why do fish eat certain flies or subsurface uh, bugs or whatever it might be. Uh, it's just a whole new world that, like the, I guess the learning of it to me seems endless. Um, on the flip side of that, I've had a lot of conversations with what you'd call a fly snob, saying, "Yeah, but you know, regular gear tackle." I'm like, "Yeah, but." If you were wanting to do it properly, there's still the challenge of matching up the patterns of, you know, whatever, whether that's a spoon or some sort of jerk bait or whatever it might be that you're using, depending on the fish species that you're going after, the time of year, the depth of the water, the temperature of the water, um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of similarities in that, that I think people don't take the time to probably even bother thinking about how 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 would you determine when to toss a spoon versus or gear as opposed to tossing a fly 
now that I fish fly fish a lot more or, you know, mainly in the guiding, especially I don't fish uh, with regular tackle or spin casting as often, but if I was going to go out ice fishing, I would still probably, you know, I mean, whether if I'm using a, I don't know, say a jig head and a minnow, I'll probably still put on my go-to is a five of diamonds or some sort of, you know, spoon red and white as an attractor. Um, the other thing is that I find, especially uh, being a dad is like my go-to is if I'm going fishing with my daughters, it's nice to get the fly rod in their hand and whichever, but it's, it's really good to just be able to go and throw, you know, um, go to Travers dam and, and throw some spoons on and, and fish for walleye or pike. Right. So how old are your girls now? They are three and coming up on two. So, um, but they, I mean, they, they love it. They, they're already, I, I love, I can show you the videos. I gets out in my drift boat in the shop and I practices her casting with the bobber on and she's like obsessed with it, but you know, so, no, uh, we just need to explain this to our listeners. Cause I saw this video this week and his eldest literally is up in the boat casting a little bobber as he said and his youngest is fetching it i think you yeah, have she's to. she's the fish she's the fish she's the fish <laughs> mm-hmm. and it turns out that this can pass a lot of time for us so it's it's great but uh i tried taking them fishing the other day on the boat i mean oftentimes we'll just fish from shore or fish off a dock and if they want to wander off and go play on the playground or something they can. But I, I did take them out on the boat the other day because I thought that would be a fun experience. And uh, it was an experience. Yeah, we lost an entire brand new package of pepperoni overboard and uh, sweater and a few different items that my youngest, Ophelia, decided to throw into the lake. And needless to say, no, very few opportunities at actually catching a fish. But um, you know, I think that to me is, is a big thing is getting kids, especially into fishing is you want to give them the best opportunity you can at catching a fish and get them hooked, pardon the pun, but you, they gotta, they gotta have that opportunity. Um, and even new, newer people to the angling, you know, uh, whether they're fly fishing or not. Like, I think you need to be able to get some fish on the line. Otherwise, it's hard to hold people's attention. And I mean, you see it all the time. People are, oh, I'm selling my gear because I went out a couple times and never got a bite, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's, it doesn't doesn't take long to deter people from it. So there's other aspects that you have to try to encourage, I guess you could say. I think that's one of the reasons that Brad and our company, for that matter, is so passionate about supporting kids fishing events and um, Brad's work with the Lacombe Fishing Game into the trout ponds is actually creating these opportunities because where we live, it can be tricky to do that. We have too little water bodies and too many fishermen. So um, I, I think you're spot on. If you can't get new anglers or kids, um, kind of hooked quickly they they tend to lose interest even guiding now i love taking out the brand new never fly fish before or they have you know 
a young kid that wants to try. So dad's going to bring them or whatever the case may be. I love those clients. I'm not, you know, I'm not fussed about having to take high-end clients that, you know, are big anglers coming from all over the world. Like I like taking the new, the new anglers and doing the one ones or whichever, but I've always enjoyed that as part of, you know, any type of fishing that I'm doing because, um, I, a, I like sharing my passion for it, but B, I like to be able to give them that education on how to properly handle the fish and make sure that they, after they catch one, that it's going to go back in the water healthy as when it came out and we can continue to, you know, have flourishing uh, fisheries. Or if they are going to keep it, you know, how to humanely and quickly dispatch the fish so that it's not suffering or whatever the case may be. But, um, I do see that as beneficial, like as a fly fishing guide or any kind of guide or ambassador to the, to the industry. I think it's really important about those teaching aspects of conservation, especially because, um, it doesn't really matter if you have a hundred anglers on the, the lake, if, if they were all doing what they were supposed to be doing and properly, it wouldn't be as hard on the fishery as if those same hundred anglers were just ripping fish out of the lake and, you know, toss them up on shore and taking five minutes to take pictures with them before they throw them back in. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to go backwards a bit because we kind of jumped right into fly fishing because we're so excited to have a fly angler on. <laughs> right. Right. I want to learn more because I, I caught my first fish on a fly this like late this summer. And I kind of really love it. Yeah, it's it's addictive. It is. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, well, you're you're supposed to be coming fly fishing with me, both of you. So we got to make one that day. Happen. We we wanted to go catch some golden trout, right? Yeah, we can yeah. we can try to catch any kind of trout. Really, well, I'm uh, for it. Golden trout would be cool though. Never caught one of them. You have to hike in yeah. for that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, there's no golden trout, but yeah, I think you would have. We would have to go for a little walk to get to. Yeah, a little, little, little walk. Sure. It's okay. So no, I want to go backwards a little bit here because we kind of jumped right into the fly fishing side of things. But uh, walk us back through like graduating from Medicine Hat, and then you got into into rodeo, and tell us about your journey, and then and then maybe we can dive in what the transition to being a part-time guide was after that so yeah well I actually um grew up in a rodeo family so my my dad was a rodeo bullfighter bull rider and uh, my brother and I both got into it at a very young age and and yeah that's kind of what I've done all my life as a competitor and a you know bull riding and bullfighting in the rodeos and and then kind of transitioned after graduating from um, from school and transitioned more into the the rodeo management side of things and um, you know production and and producing the actual events myself. And now, a decade after I've uh, you know kind of retired from the competition side of it, that's what I am doing full time as a career and and have been for quite a long time. So. You know, that's what brought me to Calgary, obviously coming here to work for the Pro Rodeo Association and then for the Calgary Stampede. And now um, I'm, I run my own business and do consulting and uh, contract 
production and and management of of different rodeo events so uh, i would say you know obviously my life uh main passion plus career has been rodeo which has also lent itself to a lot of opportunity over the years to go fishing in everywhere all over the you know world fortunately but um you know so came to calgary and and have been working in the calgary area here for the last well 12 years and that kind of led to when i when i left the calgary stampede in 2021 my goal obviously was to start my own business and be doing contract work but that also gave me opportunity to be working from home and and be able to participate in the guiding school and then give myself time to have my schedule so that I could be out actually doing some part-time guiding. And um, it's funny because the, when you're guiding, you're not fishing. Like there's absolutely, this is not like when you go with a guide in Northern Saskatchewan and then you all sit on the boat for a few hours, like you are rowing the boat, you're, you know, fixing the line, taking tangles out, putting new flies on. There's no fishing for the guide when you're fly fishing. Um, so that's like the joke in our house when Megan's like, you're fishing all the time. And I'm like, I'm literally never fishing anymore. <laughs> but um, the other side of that is when you're, when you're, when you're doing it as a profession and you're taking people out on the water, you also need to be keeping yourself quite familiar with what's going on out there. And, and, you know, the flies that are, um, in season we'll call it change and what the fish want to eat and why they want to eat it and the, the river levels change and the temperature of the water so uh, the byproduct of that is that i fortunately also get to do quite a bit of fishing myself so it's uh it's kind of a win-win but that's kind of the long story short of of kind of how i ended up being able to do that um as opposed to obviously a passion and a hobby in the you know the last 30 some years of my life how did you get or what made you transition from the full-time rodeo side of things to more of a part-time rodeo side of thing and part-time guiding side of things well yeah i i think again it was kind of like you know right on the heels of covid and um my industry of of rodeo entertainment all of that was was shut down like hard shut down and and of course so was fishing guiding and all that but people were getting outdoors people were going fishing and going to the mountains and going you know whichever because that was like an accepted form of um obviously leisure at during covid and i i didn't quite know what direction i wanted to go with like being more involved in the fishing industry um whether that was like, you know, getting into marketing and fishing industry or doing whatever. Um, so then when the kind of thought came up about guiding, um, which I've always been interested in doing anyways, I just thought, well, it won't hurt to, to go in the, the guiding school and, and see how that all goes. And, um, it's kind of like for me in rodeo, like I just pour myself into something. If I'm going to do it then I just go in, you know, hundred percent and there's a lot of aspects of not competing in rodeo that I felt you know I was kind of missing the challenge of of needing to work at something and needing to learn something and better myself at it 
which fishing kind of replaces that fishing is you know for me that outlet well and by the sounds of it too you do an exceptional job of um bringing your family into your passion too because from what i understand not only are your girls getting into it when they're not throwing things over the boat but your wife megan really likes fishing too doesn't she she does she uh, when we were first together she was not into it at all um and it was like okay we're gonna go fishing and when i you know if we're fishing for walleye or pike or whatever it might be fly fishing she's like okay when they start biting then hand me the rod and i'll i'll reel a few in but um she's definitely now that she's gotten more proficient in angling she's she's quite a bit more into it and and again she's a photographer so she loves that aspect of like being able to go out and and be in these beautiful places of nature and uh and get some photos and get some fishing in so that's kind of worked out to my advantage actually but um where is the prettiest place that you've ever fished uh my favorite place to go fishing um by far is up in the Kananaskis country uh you know there's several lakes up there that are you know alpine lakes you would hike into and then once you're into them um you know it's just the views are exceptional and you know there's wildlife and the the mountains and you can some of them you can see down the valley and obviously the fish and the fishing are are really a great byproduct of that but I'm you know born and raised on the prairies so I really love going fishing on the Bow River east of Calgary because I'm going back in the direction of where I came from and uh, it doesn't take long to get down, you know, a little ways down the river and you're getting into that prairie landscape with, you know, there's buffalo jumps and there's, you know, you're seeing all sorts of mule deer and whitetail deer. And um, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of being being at home. So I love going to see in the ocean or the mountains, but I could just as, be just as happy looking at the the bald prairie too. We have we have quite a few listeners from across the country, and and I know that when we go out east, people will be like, "What's what's the big deal with that Bow River system?" So, tell us the big deal about that Bow River system in your in your many many hours on the on the water. Yeah, um, I think yeah, a lot of people there's like a bit of a mystique to the Bow River because you hear about it a lot it's obviously a world-class fishery and blue ribbon fishery and all these things that you know we talk about especially with fly fishing angling um but it's also a uh very fickle river and uh it it doesn't just give it up easy right and so i find that you know there's there are world-class sized fish in the bow river for sure like there's no doubt about it but they're not easy to catch and they're you know i mean you you can catch some fish and you can have some days where you catch a lot of fish and uh and then you can go out the next day and catch none and you can be using the exact same tackle doing the exact same method and the fish aren't biting so i think that that to me is is appealing because it's always a challenge um and then there's also that opportunity to catch some huge fish i know a lot of rivers around the world and in north america especially mountain streams and rivers i fished the provo a lot i fished you know the green river 
these different rivers uh, that have a lot of fish, um, even the Missouri, but you're maxing out, you know, at a 16, 18, 20 inch fish if you catch a good one. Whereas on the Bow River, like you have the potential to catch some some record size trout, right? And lots of different species as well. So I don't know that uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think there's just something special about the the Bow River from all the rivers I've fished that it is definitely, if you said, choose the one you want to fish tomorrow, I'd say the Bow River for sure. And I think the other thing is um, the beauty of it from coming from Lake Louise and going all through the mountains and Banff and uh, Canmore out to the prairies. Like there's just so much different topography, wildlife, like it's, it's pretty cool. Brad, do you have any more questions for Keenan before we get started on rapid fire? Because it's about that time. It is that time. No, I think um, the only thing I want you to expand on just for just a minute is where, where do you go? Like, how do you sign up for the fly fishing school? Where is the actual location? What's the cost? Like, So, what- yeah, the fly fishing guide school, I think it's called Western Canadian um, Guide School. Um. It's on, it's ran through Dana Lattery and Quinn Styles. Um, so Dana runs it through his website. And no, I mean, obviously he's one of the instructors, but you can sign up on the Fly Fishing Bow River Outfitters website. And um, I believe how it kind of works is like a spring slash potentially fall. And if they have, you know, enough interest in it, then they'll do one in the spring. If they have enough interest in the fall, then they'll do one in the fall. Um, but but normally they do it kind of in May, kind of mid to late May is is the time frame. And, you know, the the year that I went through, there was like six guys, I believe, six or eight guys. And um, everybody kind of has their own reasons for going in it. But, I mean, for the most part, for that, I think it's because you either want to be a fairly advanced angler in fly fishing or you want to be guiding right but that being said if you were to ask me oh where's a good place to go and learn i would definitely you know if you're starting from scratch and or only you know getting out a couple times a year i would just always recommend going with a guide because you can you could do a quote unquote 101 guide trip uh but essentially our job is to to teach you how to fish and hopefully get you some fish while you're doing that the other thing is especially and i know you can fish like you know we do the trips that you can fish from shore we go up into the mountains and and you're fishing you know walking and wading in the river i think the the as a newer to fly fishing angler the easier way to do it for sure is uh from the boat because there's just less things to catch you're you're like you know it's just you in the middle of the river and uh you're not catching on a tree or a rock or a whatever um so i just always recommend to people if they're wanting to go and fish and learn how to fly fish it's it's definitely worth the investment to just go out with a guide for the day cool i'm good me too who do you want to ask the first question or do you want me to ask the first question no, you're always first. Okay. Tina, you said you've listened to a few of our episodes before. So are you familiar with the terms of rapid fire? Yes. Cool. 
in case our listeners are not, Kenya is going to have 30 seconds per question to answer. All right, 30 seconds. Question number one, the bow is closed. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that's not, that's not true. It is open. Where are you going fishing? Where am I going fishing? I'm going fishing on the Bow River. But it's closed. Oh, I see what the question is. The bow is closed. Hypothetically, the bow is closed, which it doesn't. But if it was, I would be going fishing, I uh, would say, northern Saskatchewan. Anywhere in particular in six seconds? Uh, my friend, Curtis Sawyer, owns Stockman's Lodge. So I'd probably be going to Stockman's Lodge. Hmm. Very good. Question number two. What is your go-to fly fishing technique and or colors? Oh, I love streamer fishing because that is very similar actually to regular tackle fishing uh, where you're going targeting aggressive fish under the water. Uh, but I mean, the purest of, a you know, in fly fishing is I love a elk haired caddis and trying to get a fly to bite, uh, obviously, or a fish to bite top water and, and, uh, it's just cool to see, you know, trout coming out of the water after your fly. Question number three. You have two young girls. Uh, tell us your best fishing story with your kids. <laughs> well, probably recently my best fishing story is going fishing with them on the weekend and having my youngest daughter, Ophelia, throw the pepperoni that we were going to have for lunch snack into the lake. And for some reason, I didn't think about grabbing my net and scooping it out so all three of us watched it sink to the bottom while ophelia said bye and that was uh the end of our lunch <laughs> i uh, wrote a kid's book called fishing with grandpa we we have fishing with grandpa but we actually have two go. copies of it excellent um and that's like the number one tip because you have to make sure that you're well stocked with snacks i think that's very important oh you do you do, no matter what you do with children. Brad, you're up. Question question number four. Uh, what is the largest brown trout that you pulled out of the Bow River? And tell us a little bit about that story. I think this season, the largest one, um, I, I would say officially, unofficially taped, was right around 24 inches which you know that's a good size brown trout and um yeah my clients were younger guys and they were i mean they were having a great day and and he actually hooked into the fish and said oh i don't think it's very big just keep rowing and then by the time he landed it it was a massive brown trout question number five tell us about the most memorable thing that happened while guiding a client um, had a client to uh, a couple clients out recently, actually, and they were an older gentleman and his partner, and he's been fishing for all his life. Um, and you know, done some guiding himself, and he he wanted to take his his partner out to get her fly fishing. Um, and we'd fished quite a bit of the day, and she hadn't had any success. She finally hooked into a brown trout, landed it, and it was a really large brown trout. And they were both so excited about it 
they put their fishing rods down and said I could row out to the end of the river because that made their day and they were good to go. So I don't know. It was amazing. Like, you know, they were like in their, their eighties, I think. So it was, it was crazy, but I like it when people can call it. Yeah, They're like, just take us. We're good. That's enough for us. One fish. We caught one fish. <laughs> yeah. Question number six. Drift boat or walk in wade and why? Oh, the drift boat for sure. Um, you just cover way more river miles. I can, you know, kind of get to all my favorite spots. And um yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I like covering covering lots of lots of miles. Now the walking weight, I guess you could say you get up in the mountains and do some awesome spots up there too. So there there are benefits to that, but I love I love getting out in the boat. Question number seven. Um, I asked Wes David this question when he was on the podcast, and I just kind of want to ask you the same thing because he also has a background in rodeo. Um, what is the biggest lesson from rodeo that you have learned that can also be applied to fishing? Uh, I would say every day is not your day. So just keep going, right? Like there's a lot of ups and downs in rodeo and a lot of times things don't go your way. In rodeo, usually that means quite a painful outcome, uh, but especially in bull riding. But that's probably to be applied to fishing, like just keep at it and change your technique and, and try to persevere. So, What great life advice too, hey? Last question. Your personal number one foolproof tip for catching more fish on the fly mend your line mend your line the line is everything line management is is definitely what i would say um if trout are smart and they can sense things and see things and you're fishing in clear water even if you're fishing pike in shallow water line management is is what is going to be the make or break excellent you did great all right uh, last but not least, did you prepare your fishing joke? Uh, so I have a fishing, I had a fishing joke and I was like, oh, I have a fishing. When you said that, I was like, I have a fishing joke. And then I realized that my fishing joke has profanity in it. So I'm like, wow. I, I could beep it out or just, you know, put your own beep in there. Okay. Well, all right. I'm going um, that. It, I mean, it's, it's a terrible. podcast. We're not like bound to the terms of, you know, Canadian broadcasting. So right, right, right. Can be I guess. Maybe not there's yet, like anyways. actual children that are watching or listening um, to the to a fishing podcast. So uh, a, a boy has been fishing at the dam. He was fishing at the dam and he caught several fish. And so he was riding his bike on his way home from from the dam and he passed the um the the town's priest and he said hey uh would you uh reverend would you like to purchase some of these fish these damn fish and he said son no, can't you see i'm a man of the cloth you, you can't uh be using profanity in front of me and he said no no i was just fishing down at the dam and i caught these fish so uh would you like to get to buy some of these damn fish so he says, well, if that's the case, yes, I'd, I'd 
take a couple home for supper. So he takes him home for supper and slaps him down on the counter and says to his wife, Hey, honey, cook up some of these damn fish. And she says, besides the fact that you're a man of the cloth, you don't need to be using profanity in my house. And he said, no, no, I bought him off the boy. He caught him at the dam. So, you know, they're damn fish. So that night they're having supper and he's sitting at one end of the table and his son's sitting at the other end of the table. And he says to his son, son, can you pass me, uh, can you pass me a bit of them damn fish? And the son says, now you're, pop now you're talking pops, pass me potatoes. <laughs> Kenan, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you having on the podcast. Um, before we go, just tell our audience a little bit more about, you know, how they can follow you and your adventures and, or maybe learn more about, um, going on a trip with you. Yeah. Probably the best place to follow me is on Instagram. So it's just Keenan Vine, K-Y-N-N-V-I-N-E on, uh, on Instagram. I try to keep a lot of my content based around fishing and then some, obviously of my work and and a lot of our family fishing um love to be able to promote just the people to get outside and get your families outside and do something and uh yeah so you can and and then obviously if you want to book a trip uh to go fishing you can you know contact me directly on there or uh fly fishing bull river uh is you know our website and and you can go on and and book a trip through through the website so um but yeah just more than happy to encourage people to reach out and if you have any questions or you know want to follow along uh, a few of our other guides and and our outfitter are also obviously on on uh instagram and fly fishing bull river on instagram and there's lots of great stuff on there and the website actually has instructionals and tutorials on how to tie knots and they're they're pretty funny some of them so i always encourage people to go and check out the website Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Keenan. And until next time, listeners, happy fishing. Mm -hmm.